0: As we get ready to st- uh, start a song service here, uh, Brother Peterson, would you open for prayer, please? Amen. Let's all take your hymn. Let's turn to hymn number 421. Hymn number 421. First number 421. If you want to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2, and we'll be
1: looking at kind of the a part of the Christmas story that I want to pull some things out of this evening. Luke chapter 2, and we'll start reading in verse 1. It says in it, to be taxed with Mary his espoused wife and being great with child and so it was that while they were there the days were accomplished that she should be delivered and she bore and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in their field keeping watch over their flock by night and lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Let's go to and pray. Lord, I do thank you for your goodness, and thank you for this opportunity to preach your word. I do pray you'd be honored and glorified in it. Prepare our hearts and minds to be receptive for what you have for us, enable me to make clear. Uh, what the message you 've given to us this evening, we ask these things in Jesus precious name amen, amen. we 're going to look at more of the shepherd 's story here tonight and uh, and kind of what our obligation our duty is in this, but uh, in the middle of the Indian ocean there 's a small landmass surrounded by crashing waves known as Christmas Island. The island is a territory of Australia that is home to about 2,000 residents, and it was named Christmas Island because it was discovered on Christmas Day in 1643. Although too small to be of much economic value, it is known for its scenery. Uh, 63% of the island is a national park full of beautiful hiking trails and mountains and uh, breathtaking waterfalls, and several of its plant and animal species can be found nowhere else in the world except this island just over 9000 miles away from that one there's a in the middle of the Pacific Ocean is another beautiful place also bearing the same name Christmas Island and this one has miles of white sandy beaches surrounded by jagged cliffs and over uh, and 120 square miles of secluded coral lagoon this Christmas Island the entirety of which is a wildlife sanctuary is the world's farthest forward time zone and is one of the first inhabited places to bring in the new year. The Christmas islands and other places like them uh that have been discovered and made known of um, is, should remind us in a way at uh if maybe if you will at Christmas in a way should be a sort of an island a time uh, of seclusion that we would come back in. And realize and recognize the importance of the season. There's a time when we can pause and pull away from all the, the busyness of life. Often, if we're not careful, we can find ourselves even busier than we typically would be, and uh, there there can be danger in that. And uh, we do that because we, you're trying to get around, you're trying to see everybody, and uh, that's important to you. And we we can understand that, but uh, that's not really what I'm speaking of. Uh, here, but we can use it as a time to kind of pull back from the busyness of life and even the the craziness of the holiday season to to remind ourselves of the importance of the season. And the greatest gift ever given to mankind, the Lord Jesus Christ become known through us during this time. Luke chapter 2 shows us that God can bring peace to all who look to Him. In the middle of a Difficult time in human history when taxes were on the rise. Poverty was widespread and it seemed that God was silent. He, At this point in time sent his only son to be the good news and to be the glad tidings that the world needed. The Lord Jesus was presented in a humble manger in a stable of Bethlehem. And, chose, and God chose common working men, a group of shepherds, to proclaim the news of his son's birth to the world. Back in scriptures, back in looking, we'll start kind of again in verse eight, kind of drawing some stuff through this. But verses eight through fourteen, we see or we hear rather the, the heavenly announcement. As the, the scene is set in Luke chapter two, uh, other than what we read in the and what we know of what's actually taking place in the stable, as far as everybody else is concerned, this is a normal night. Uh, there's nothing special really going on here uh, other than that everything is extremely crowded because uh, everybody had to go for the census and for the taxes and uh, all the craziness. And so there's a very busy time here as well. But other than the cause the for the busyness, it's a rather ordinary night. There's uh, It's just things are going as you would expect for them to go. And then the shepherds, are there. Going about their regular night's work, taking care and watching for their sheep, and suddenly they hear this heavenly announcement as the shepherds were simply going about their business. They were doing uh, what they did every other night when something amazing happened. Luke chapter 2 and verse 9 And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. These ordinary shepherds suddenly heard the heavenly announcement they uh and we see it came from a special messenger skipping down to verse uh, 13 there and Verse and suddenly there was with the angel a host of heaven uh sorry and there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising god and saying glory to god in the highest and on earth peace goodwill toward men so their special messenger you know uh many of us if not all of us would be uh taken aback it was very surprised if not sent into shock at the sight of one angel of God and the glory of the Lord shining round about us. You would be sore afraid. You would be terrified. You don't know what's happening. Let alone a host of the heavenly angel. An army of them basically encompassing the sky. The Bible tells us that there was a Multitude of angels present. The word used for host often means an army. We can picture if you put yourself in this field with the shepherds, or maybe on the mountainside, whatever it was, uh, as you're there taking care of them. This one shows up at first, and they're they're like, "Whoa, what's going on here?" And then all of a sudden, he he gives his message: uh, "Fear not." And we'll get into that. But then, following that, he is. Joined together with a multitude of the heavenly host. So uh, I kind of picture in my mind's eye that uh, as far as their eye could see, the sky is encompassed with these messengers of God proclaiming the birth of the Messiah. Uh, There's a special messenger, but it mean, uh, the special messenger comes with that special message. is as as a message of assurance. As the first part of the message then was to fear not. Fear not. The Bible says the shepherds were sore afraid. These men truly were terrified as they had no idea when the first appeared, or when the first angel appeared, they had no idea what's going on. And Oftentimes, if you were to look back, everybody that encounters an angel at first, they are terrified. They are so afraid. They are fearful. And in many cases, if they truly believe that he was an angel of the Lord or God himself, then they're terrified that they're going to be struck dead for having behold the glory of the Lord. And so they're terrified. They don't really know what's going on. They don't know maybe what they're about to be punished for. It was probably what's going through their minds here. But the angel then tells them, Fear not. You know, he'd imagine that the, their fear, their being so afraid, would be shown on their faces. He can see what they're going through. and So he tries to appease them with these two words, fear not. With these two words, fear not, the angel of the Lord sought to bring assurance that there was no reason to be terrified, but really uh, quite the contrary. is God did not want them to be frightened, but calm, because his message was not one of doom and gloom. It was not one of, a penalty for sins, but of salvation. The message that God had was to be one of peace to all men. There's a message of acceptance in verse 10. The angel uh, followed up his instructions, Fear not with, Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. And the good news proclaimed by the angels, we know then, is for everyone. It's not just for us, it wasn't just for the shepherds, it wasn't just for the Jews, and we praise the Lord, it was for all men. It was for every one of us that is here tonight, and everyone else that is not here tonight, this message is for them. God in His love accepts all who come to the Lord Jesus Christ in faith. We know John 3.16, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. People who are saved rejoice in that fact. They rejoice in the fact that salvation was not only for members of an exclusive group, but that it is for all men. Everyone can experience the forgiveness of sins and assurance of eternal security. It doesn't matter where we come from or what sins are in our past or uh, what all we may have done. The good news is available to all who will believe in him. We also see again in verses thirteen and fourteen that it was a message of anticipation. The angel's message promised peace to earth because of the birth of Jesus. the they, the The shepherds, the Jews, for for years and years now have been anticipating the coming of the Messiah. They they have been uh, anxiously awaiting his return as. Uh, uh, I saw one commentator speaking of the, the the peace that is spoken of here, and he says, If you uh, uh maybe picture actually putting yourself in that time frame the the everything that the shepherds have been going through, and all of Israel as they are under Roman captivity and roman uh, Romans actually often spoke of their peace, which was kept through violence uh, the, the, they there wasn 't wars because they were uh, very oppressive and so the uh, Um, one writer said that as the shepherds hear this peace, then they're like, well, what peace? There's no peace here. Do you actually know what we're going through here? And yet, uh, the the peace that is spoken of here comes, first of all, as peace with God. It's not a peace in every aspect of our life, but peace with God, which can bring peace in every aspect of our lives. The angel's message promised peace to earth because of the birth of Jesus. No doubt there was already uh, peace on that first night in the hearts of Mary and Joseph and the shepherds as they witnessed the coming of the Messiah. As they, uh, We will see that the shepherds truly believed what was told them here. Uh, there would have been peace on this first night, but since that time also we know there's been peace and the hearts of all those who have then accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 7 says, And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. There is no way to know the peace that is spoken of here, the peace spoken in Philippians 4 there, the peace of God which passeth all understanding except through the shed blood of Jesus Christ and calling on Him as Savior. Without that, there is no way to know that peace. But we do have and we can know that peace. And then, secondly, quickly, we see the, the heavenly arrival in verses uh, 14 and 16. We, we read of it in the first few verses there, but then we see that the shepherds witness of it. Is after hearing the wonderful news, the shepherds then determined to discover for themselves, or to, to see for themselves a, what they had just been told. As uh, verse 15 there, it came to pass that the shepherds were gone, as, as the angels were gone away from heaven, it, from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger we see the the place of his arrival there in Bethlehem we, uh you know it's the ancestral home of uh Rachel and Jacob and uh David um was the original home of Naomi the mother-in-law to Ruth before the coming of Christ likely David would have been the most well-known figure of having come in out of Bethlehem and with all these you might have thought that it would have been a bigger ordeal even uh, David, having been the famous king that he was, maybe people would have wanted to go and and see where he came from, but evidently it wasn 't a very popular place, as we see from uh, scripture there in Micah chapter five and verse two, as it says, "But thou Bethlehem Ephratah, though thou be little among thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me, that is to be the ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been sorry, whose goings forth." Have been from of old, from everlasting. We know Bethlehem's not a very well thought of place, even though it does have a very rich history uh, at this point in time. But uh, so we see the the place of his arrival is basically by many looked at as a common place, and then let alone that he is not only then not born in the, the nicest place in the town, but he was born in a stable, in a lowly manger. But we then see that the person who arrived, although the, the town was ordinary and the stable and manger were commonplace for the day, there is nothing at all common or ordinary about this babe lying in the manger. They saw the only begotten Son of God, the Savior of the world. With society today increasingly emphasizing a multitude of pathways to heaven and people increasingly pushing tolerance for to and for all religions and gods except for Jesus Christ, we cannot at this time emphasize enough that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He is the one true God, and that He was born of the Virgin, that He lived that perfectly holy, sinless life, that He... Uh, died on the cross of Calvary for the sins of man, and was, born, was raised again the third day according to scriptures, all that so that man might be redeemed to God. It is key that we at this point in time, especially during this season, I mean, important throughout the year, but during this season when so many tried to pull the attention away from God that we would forcefully bring Him back to the forefront, that we would boldly proclaim Christ and Him crucifying. Many celebrations of the Christmas holiday leave out this most important reason for joy in the Christmas season, which is why you hear of all the tragedies that take place during this time. Because they don't have this joy. What should be the most joyful and peaceful time of the year for many is the darkest and hardest time. It's because they do not know this truth, and we must be faithful to proclaim. And yet there are also many that take offense at the truth of Jesus Christ. Or that Jesus Christ is Emmanuel, God with us. But we know also that their feelings make it no less a fact. God with us is what we celebrate. God with us is what Christmas is all about. Is that He came to be the Savior of the world? Every man, woman, boy, and girl on the on this earth needs a savior because we all fall short of the glory of God. We know this by Romans 3:23 and and the, the uh Romans 6:23 for the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And 1 John chapter 5 and verses uh, 9 through 13 1 John chapter 5 verses 9 through 13 read it, if we receive the witness of man the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God which he hath testified of his son He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar. Because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. Verse 11, and this is the record that God had given to us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that he may know that ye may have eternal life, that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. We know in this, it, it, there in First John, he, he tells you that God has given a record. We read a bit of the giving there in Luke chapter 1, and, and if you read the other Gospels and uh, throughout Scripture, we see testament of the record that God has given to us of his Son. Even the foretelling of his coming in the, the Old Testament, God has provided for us a way to eternal life. Yeah, We must be faithful to proclaim that to a lost and dying world. So number three, very quickly again, we see in verses 17 and 18 that we are to share that heavenly amazement. Put yourself again, if you will, for a moment in the shepherd's shoes knowing how they must have felt at first, seeing the the angelic messengers, those angelic beings and the, the fear that came upon them, but then the elation, the joy that not only are they not in trouble for anything, they're not about to be punished for something, but they've now been told the greatest news that has ever been told. They've been they they are the first to hear of what all of Israel has been waiting to hear. The Messiah has come, and so they wondered at these things. Why maybe why did God pick us and? could have been much better people in their minds that would have been much better able to proclaim this message, to make it better known. If, if it had been made known to uh, to some king or hierarchy or some sort, then they could have put out a proclamation to make sure everybody knows that the Messiah has actually come. Uh, they're, they're, in their minds, the shepherds' minds, there maybe could have been better ways for God to have gone about this, but that wasn't what God decided to do. As he chose these... Humble these lowly shepherds to be the messengers of the gospel, the, the, the good news. Having seen and heard the news, they told everyone the, the miracle of Jesus' birth. It was never supposed to have been a, an isolated discovery, it wasn't supposed to be kept secret uh, that the Messiah had actually come. Otherwise, there had been no point in the angels telling the shepherds, hey, he's here. So we see the, uh, our then obligation to do the same. That we know just as God had bigger purpose for the shepherds and that they were not just to go and see what, what took place there in the manger and then go back and tend to their sheep and that was it for them. He had a bigger purpose for them as we see, but he also has a bigger purpose for us. As he, he, he didn't just want to, to save you and give you eternal life to live with him, but also he wants you to go and to tell others. He has a specific purpose, a holy calling for your life, and that is to make Him known to the world. Though so we see that this uh, call to share the heavenly amazement is a call to worried men, as we read and we saw the shepherds were so afraid and the angel told them to fear not. Many Christians also are gripped by fear, by fear. Uh, Uh, just simply at the thought of sharing their faith. uh, And some of that may be ingrained through history as many have been persecuted for sharing their faith, and some just even laughed and mocked at. And so there are many who simply fear just the thought of being this one to boldly proclaim Christ and Him crucified. And yet it is what we are called to do. The good news is that God can use our worry and our weakness if we will simply let him we see in second Corinthians chapter twelve verses nine and ten as the apostle was or the Lord revealed to the apostle that through his weakness that the lord's strength is made perfect or that it is shown to be complete in us but we don 't have to rest in our own strength or ability to proclaim this message, but we are still to be faithful to proclaim it. But don't let fear stop you from sharing the gospel with others. Instead, determine to let God use you even through and in your weakness, knowing that He will be faithful to strengthen you and to bless the sharing of the gospel. Is it called a worried minute? Is it called to working men? As uh, being shepherds was not, I don't think ever has been thought of as a glorious occupation. It certainly wasn't at this time in those days. Shepherds were the lower class citizens. They were the the lowest of the, the low, at least as far as the working men goes. Yet God chose them to proclaim to the world that his son had been born. Some of the greatest preachers of the gospel and some of the most faithful Christians to share the gospel have not been men or women who were born with a Especially high pedigree, who had had the best educations in life, and yet because they were just simply faithful to do what God had called them to do, God used them greatly. So as they called to willing men, God uses and God will use any humble servant who is surrendered to Him and who will do whatever He asks them to do. The willingness of these men is seen in their actions as. As soon as they had seen Jesus, they quickly went out to tell others. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 111, and verse 2, The works of the Lord are great, sought out of all them that have pleasure therein. The world is full of people who, at least our churches, I believe, are full of people who want to be involved in the work of the Lord someday. They, uh, they, they say, uh, Someday, when I know the Scriptures better, or or someday when I am more confident in myself, or or someday when uh, when I I no longer have these other worries or these other uh, responsibilities that I have to care for. And we know for most, someday never comes. God will not, we know, overwhelm us with responsibility if we surrender to his will. Yeah, it could seem like that there is a lot of responsibility, but also we know that he will enable. The only times I think maybe that we truly would feel that God has overwhelmed us with responsibility and work to do is when we are not truly trusting in his ability to perform that work. So we need to be faithful to, to trust in Him, but we must have this willingness to do what He's called us to do. So is it is a call to worried men, is it is a call to working men, is it is a call to willing men, and it is a call to witnessing men. When the shepherds realized what they had truly seen, did, that not only had the, these angelic beings, these, me, these angels come, these messengers of God come, and they, the glory of the Lord shone round about them, not only had they seen this amazing thing, but then they they heard the message that was told them. They went and they actually saw the Messiah. They they saw uh, the promise that they had been waiting for actually come physically true. And they couldn't help but go and tell others about it. As they call to witnessing men, as a witness is one who simply tells What they know, one who tells what they have seen or what has happened to them. When truly realize what God has done for us through salvation and paying our sin debt and securing for us eternal life in the presence of God, we should not but be able, or we should not be able to be silent. We should not but be able to go as the shepherds did and tell everybody that we to faithfully proclaim this message, to to shout it from the rooftops and mountaintops, that Christ the Messiah has come, He has died for our sins. And He is there ready and willing to, to receive all who would call on Him. Psalm 66 and verse 16 says, Come and hear all ye that fear God, and I will declare what He hath done for my soul. Knowing Jesus as Savior is the greatest thing that can happen in a person's life. We should want to tell others about it. In fact, we know also not only should we have this desire to do so, but it is also our obligation to do so. As the Apostle wrote, uh, uh, I believe, to those uh, at Rome, he says, I am debtors to all men. And the same could be said of every one of us that has called on Christ as Savior. If you're here tonight, you've called on Christ as Savior, you are a debtor to all men. You have the obligation, the duty to go and to be a part of proclaiming the gospel to everyone that you meet. To everyone that you come in contact with, to everyone that will listen. The reason that we know about uh, secluded places like the Christmas Islands is because explorers that encountered them in their travels, then made known their discovery. They didn't keep it secret. God's plan for telling the world about the one who came to be with us and to bring peace on earth involves people like the shepherds, people like those of us here tonight, who encountered Jesus personally and are willing to make known their discovery to all who would listen. Romans chapter. 10 and verse 15, the second part of the verse says, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. As I said earlier, you know there are no better tidings in the world than the tidings of the Savior of the world. During this time, what the majority of the world views as a season of giving, as a time to share, it would seem that this need should be pressed upon our hearts all the more so I, I would ask then what more could you be doing for god how much more could how many more people could you share the message of his son with wherever the shepherds went they told their tale and people wondered uh, luke says but A question could come to mind, then how many of those that the shepherds told actually went to go and see what had been told them? We also see that Mary, the Bible says in verse 19, kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. She kept all these things to herself and she uh, turned them over and over again in her mind, determined to remember each detail of what had just happened. Meanwhile, the shepherds came back to their sheep, and all all along their way, they were faithful to proclaim the message that uh, that had been shared with them. They were glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen. It is said of them that these shepherds were the first evangelists in the gospel age. As we close, I would challenge you to let us, too, during this time of year, to Ponder all that God has done for us, determined to remember each detail, to be faithful, to to be grateful and thankful to Him for all that He's done for us. But then, in that, then to follow forth with that, follow through with that, and go forth as the shepherds did, and proclaim all that we proclaim to all that we come in contact with the message of our Savior. That we too would be faithful as they were to to be faithful bearers of that message. Let's go to him in prayer. Lord, I do thank you again for your goodness. We do thank you for sending your son and the, and the peace and the joy that does come through knowing him as Savior and knowing that all that he came to do for us. Lord, and then bearing that in mind that we would be the faithful witness you called us to be. Lord, that we would be overfilled with such joy as the shepherds were that we we can't help but tell others about it. Lord, that in just about every conversation we have with people, that in some way, just because of how much it takes over our mind and our being of all that you have done and your goodness towards us, that we can't help but
0: praise you. I ask these things in Jesus' precious name.